we go! What's up, guys? Welcome back to the FR Lights Out F1 podcast. It's been too long since I've done it. Um, <laughs> I haven't been here for a while. Uh, Claire graduated, uh, so that's awesome. So we're officially done with college. Uh, Jeremy and Jakob aren't here, and they also did not graduate. So uh, only the cool kids are here right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, you guys might have noticed we didn't do a video for the Miami Grand Prix. Um, that's because they're in the middle of finals and also graduation. Um, so let's talk about that first. Uh, it's been a while since we watched it, but if you remember it at all, how was it for you? Um, it was pretty boring. We we watched it together. Yes. Um, it was it was pretty boring. I don't know. I like you know walk away and come back and be like. Did anything happen? And you're like, <gasps> nope. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, Max came back and won it. Whatever. So too. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Alonzo, of course, got his another third place. Um, so I think that's four out of the first five races. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's also the last 15 race points yeah. every race. Yeah. That's also the last race Mercedes will have to do with the current package, though. They are supposed to bring in a new upgrade package. It was supposed to be for Imola. That was supposed to happen this weekend, of course. We all see that that got flooded. Um, so, mm -hmm. thoughts going out to the people there. But, um, I don't know. It's uh, still on the topic of Miami. It feels like the Grand Prix there has actually gotten less exciting. But I don't think it's just Miami in general. I think just the Grand Prix so far have been a lot less exciting because Red Bull have again pulled away from the field and it feels like the teams are in a much mm -hmm. more defined spot. Does that sound like... Yeah. Yeah, Christian Horner, I mean, he was like, well, where is everyone else? You know, like he's feigning that he's surprised by it or something. Well, um, it, I don't know if he actually is or not, but... He should be because like the team, like we expected either Ferrari or Mercedes to be at least a little bit closer to them this year, but the closest team to them is Aston Martin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine if Aston Martin didn't show up this year. It, it would just be so like... Bad. It'd be so bad. But also, the other thing is, I feel like the more exciting part of the weekend is now qualifying. Like I feel like qualifying has been absurdly close so exciting weekend like yeah i mean azerbaijan was probably one of the best uh ones so far you get to see someone else that wasn't a red bull take pole position um and in miami it looked like charles was actually on for another pole before he caught a bit of curb lost all his downforce and sent it to a wall uh i yep. think we should actually make a like a like a, like a verb for him like oh man i pulled a charles and just like it's because you hit a wall or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that guy sees a sees a famous corner wall, whatever, and he's like, I gotta go for it. Yeah, this is a, this is uh, a track that doesn't have actually named ones, so we could actually call that turn. Like, it could be named for him. Not for yeah. the good reasons, though. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. On the name of, on the topic of naming things, so obviously a lot of famous tracks have a lot of famous names like the Ascari uh, Chicane, Carver Grande, things like that, uh, Magnets and Beckett's uh, for Silverstone, all those things. Um, Sebastian Vettel, when he was getting ready to leave, he's like, you know, talking about how his name is will be, you know, carved into the history of F1 until time and um, other racers washed away. 
do you think that there should be a corner or a track or like a straight named after Vettel? Oh, for sure. I, I don't remember too much of like when he was at his peak of like what would be a perfect play. Like someone will be able to figure out where he dominated, like what his, where his spot should be. Mm -hmm. There definitely should be. I, think, I mean, uh, he's a legend. So. Yes, I think probably naming somewhere in Singapore after him because that was probably okay. one of his most dominant tracks, um, especially that one in uh, Singapore. I think it was twenty nineteen. Um, although he beat Charles for it, but uh, that was like stellar drive for him, and I feel like every single time we see him at that track, like it's just awesome. Um, but of course, he had so many other places that he was just as good at. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like it's kind of weird because you see all these tracks with all these big names and it's like these names that are etched into history but then you see some other big names that there's like nothing named after them and i feel like you know maybe it's because sure. they might have raced at different tracks or whatnot but like some of the tracks have stood the test of time mm-hmm. like silverstone like Imola, like um monza and things like that where those tracks have been here since either the beginning or for a really long time and they have like you know their definitive name like o rouge is probably the most famous one on the counter calendar um, I think like maybe starting to give these things names, although for the commentators that'd probably be a nightmare. Uh, mm-hmm. It's already bad enough. True, right, when they're, true. Like I think one of the funniest things is when they're commentating on Silverstone, and you never hear like you know like this is turn fourteen or whatnot. It's always like an actual name. Yeah, um, yeah. So it can get a little crowded if yeah. you add too many names, but Sad definitely deserves mm-hmm. to have his name somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Another driver who doesn't have one, he has the third most after um, Michael and Lewis uh, uh, championships is uh, Juan Manuel Fangio. Like, he doesn't have a single Mm -hmm. area named after him. And I'm like, huh, he's got five trophies and there's nothing named after him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, some people, you just have to know to know that he was like a legend and he doesn't need something to be named after him. Um, Otherwise, it's just sorry. My laptop. Um. Otherwise, I mean, I don't know. It, it just has to be right, like mm. the right spot, the right people pushing for it. Like if someone doesn't push for it, it won't happen. So you have to get um, a mega fan that's in charge of these things to do it. So let's just go with like a modern great. If Lewis Hamilton were to retire at the end of the year. What track would you have his name at? Silverstone? What do you mean? It's got to be hard to put his name there, though. You can't really name anything there after because it already has names everywhere. Sure, but I don't know. Where else would you do it? Um, Reville? I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I guess that, that would be yeah. second. That's spot on. Yeah, if you can't do it at Silverstone, which I definitely would put top because it's Silverstone. Yeah. Then his, his you know second home Brazil where he's loved by the people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, off of strange things, let's. Uh, so, Imola was supposed to happen this weekend again, uh, and it didn't happen. Um, all the personnel got evacuated. I think all the teams and uh, F1 themselves have donated quite hefty sums to helping with uh, search and rescue and any damages and whatnot. I mean, the entire track is underwater, yeah. so 
But um, the FIA, as far as I'm aware, haven't actually given anything to the people in the affected region uh, compared to F1 as an organization. So I'm kind of curious, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're pointing out to me that they are one of the largest sports organizations in the world. Um, they definitely should. Mm-hmm. They're kind of setting a bad example by not. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a disappointment, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like when you look around the world and you see things like, uh, let's just look at the soccer world since it is the largest sport in the world. Um, FIFA, UEFA, CONCAF, uh, basically every major um, name set up for different regions in the soccer world, they've all donated similar sums to what the teams in the F1 have donated um, just to help the region like grow. And uh, it's like when you see something that is as big as the FAA who governs most if not all of your like large-scale motorsports not doing anything to help the region then it's kind of like you know what's do we what's the point really because you guys have all this money we know you're a large organization there's no reason you can't like for them 1 million like f1 or even 10 probably isn't a lot to shell out and so it shouldn't be something that they should really be hesitant about uh, and maybe they've been focused on other motorsports or whatever, because of course they do have a much more stat calendar than than just F one. But with an organization of that sure. size, sure, F one's their biggest though, yeah. so they should pay attention. Yeah, and like with an uh, organization of that size, they should have the personnel to be able to be like, hey, we should probably give some money to this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if there's still. I'm sure there still is a big need. Yeah. for more donations in the area because it was it's very bad mm-hmm. um you've seen the videos you've seen the pictures um you know Afatari is not too far from there yep they're minorly affected by it obviously um well i think they actually use it yeah, as their they should director's track i think so too yeah so it would make sense i'm not being affected by that would be it's phenomenal to say the least <laughs> Um, yeah. Another thing I want to talk about sure. is uh, so Formula One. Obviously, they have a YouTube channel that's quite notorious. Like, it, there's basically anybody who watches F1 also follows the YouTube channel, watches every video that's on there, or whatever. They, I think, have gotten so like uh, sapped out of content for the past like two months because of these large gaps in races that they started releasing like the full races of previous years. I think they released a 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some race from 2005 between uh, Michael Schumacher and uh, Alonso. Yeah, thank you. And then they also released 2008 Monaco, and and it's just it's just the whole race. And so, like people who have F1 give the TV people can, what they want. Yeah, I mean people who have F1 TV can see this, but at this point they're like, just release it for free. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, one more thing, so. Jackie Stewart has been working towards helping people with Alzheimer's and recently he spoke Mm -hmm. with F1 about it and like how there is a pressing need for it and how he's continuing to you know fund and help and trying to get F1 as an organization to help with that so I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on it yeah I mean that's super important and I'm very happy that you know he's doing that because it's it affects a lot of people and uh there's always 
you know, more that needs to be done in that area until it's cured. Because it's oh, only going to keep... Yeah, I also said Alzheimer's. I mean dementia. I keep going, sorry. Dementia. Yeah. yeah. It's like one in the same. Um, you know, dementia is just broader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great that he's doing that. And he should. I mean, he's got the, the platform. And if he can convince anyone to, to, to help raise awareness and money, it's great. Especially given it's like notoriety around the, the paddock. I mean... He is probably one of the more yeah, known figures. Sure. I think one of the things that a lot of people know about him is he is probably like the best driver to probably never win a world championship. And I mean, so he he's probably on top of it. Um, okay, so we spoke about it briefly, but kind of bouncing back to it, two teams are expected to bring massive upgrades to Imola. Of course, now it's going to be in Monaco, which I mean... Can we first talk about Imola's long name? Like, what the heck? Oh, my God. I'll, His names are getting like, out of uh, hand. Yeah, I'll put the picture of it in uh, like on the screen somewhere. But uh, Emilia Romagna, I think Enzo Ferrari. There's like 13 there's other like guitar <laughs> yeah. airways as well. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I was like, that's so ridiculously like, long. It's, it's Imola. Yes. <laughs> You're making people just call it Imola because... Yeah. No one can remember, put it together. Even just calling it uh, Amelia yeah. Romagna would make more sense. But this is like a, this is yeah. a sentence for a name. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, like it's a run-on sentence. Yeah. <laughs> There's something not right with it. That is wild. Um, yeah. So uh, There's so many memes out there about it that <laughs> everyone's probably seen. I was like, yeah, that's crazy. Imagine somebody walking up to you and saying, being like, are you ready to watch the, and then that? Grand Prix, and then you're just like, you're like what'd you say? And they're like, Imola. Oh, that makes more oh. sense. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I'll um, be watching it. <laughs> Monaco, or not, because it's canceled. Yeah, so Monaco's coming up this next weekend. Uh, obviously, it's not the most yeah. exciting Grand Prix of all, just because most people see it as like a car procession at some point. Um, but I think, yeah. so again, two teams. We're set to bring major upgrades. Uh, Mercedes, obviously, being one of them, and Ferrari are bringing a major upgrade for this race, which oh. will be also hugely exciting. Um, I don't think this is a good time to test them, just because Monaco is not a very good place to see where everything is at. Oh yeah, obviously not yeah. because it's a street circuit. It's very condensed. Like it's not, it's not where they were intending for it to be yeah. tested at all. Um, it'll still be interesting though, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Alonso even said that this is somewhere he sees he can he might be able to sneak a sneak a win if it <laughs> at all this season. Can you see it? I can see it. Yeah. I mean, one round crash, and then yeah, Alonso's sure. there ready. Yeah, he's. I don't know. Anything can happen. Picking up on that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but so there's one not real straight in Monaco, which is the main street. Um, everything else is just turn after turn after turn after turn. And I, there's no real good overtaking points. And I think that's why this track has gained such a, you know, uh, name for not really being the most fun thing to watch. Um, there are some super sick grandstands because like watching an F1 car go by with a little C in the background has got to be really cool. Um, but yeah. Do you think that Mercedes will still bring their entire upgrade package for Monaco, or do you think they'll bring part of it and then bring the full one for the following Grand Prix? 
That's a tough Spain call. I mean, I mean, maybe. Why? Why wouldn't they though? Like, I. I mean. Um, I think like so. You wouldn't get to test out like first off. Monaco has, I think, like a fifty percent or more uh, chance of people crashing because it's Monaco and the walls are close and these cars are wide and it's yeah. yeah. But also, like, so there's that, and you really don't want to damage any brand new parts that you may bring. But also, like, it's just not a good place to test things because you're like, especially for Mercedes, who, if anything, they're probably focusing on you know how fast they are in a straight line it's not a good track for testing how fast you are in a straight line um and if you're trying mm -hmm. to test you know how good you are through high speed or medium speed corners it's also not a good track for that really the only thing that they'd get to test here is how good they are through low speed corners and as far as we're all aware okay. they're already good through low speed corners <laughs> so okay so yeah i can see what you mean hmm. uh Right, sorry about that. We had a bit of a, a video mishap, but um, go ahead. All right, so uh, maybe we were talking about Monaco, uh, how it's going to be a boring race. Well, what do you think of making a mandatory two-stop? Because I think Miami that would have been that would have made it more interesting. Um. That would make things interesting. I think interesting. that'll affect the boring, yeah, the boring but tracks. I also think that it would make free practices even more boring because right now I feel like a lot of the teams are trying to avoid using one set of tires over another so that they can have them for the race. Um, mm -hmm. And so then people would be using even fewer tires for during free practice, and it's like, okay, well, now all you're going to see is your entire... Well, what if they allotted more tires? Well, they're already try trying to dial back the number of tires you're going to be using. And so I think, like, okay. yeah. So I don't <laughs> think it'd be too good. Well, um, no one really watches free practice. That's more for the teams. That's true, but that's still tires that they're not going like, to use because they're going to want to use it for the tire strategy. That, and also... I think I can see I can see the ups and downs of it because then you would you'd have people who would run like you know on hotter tracks you'd be able to like you know run two sets of hard tires or uh, two sets of mediums and whatnot and it also you see the soft tire more during the race because I feel like during the races right now it's really just hards to mediums or mediums to hards and I think one of the commentators yeah. did a really good job of describing it Pirelli have done too good of a job with the tires so they stay for far mm. too long. Yeah. Okay, uh, now I'm going to say something, mm -hmm. and I don't like the fact, but it's a fact, okay? Mm -hmm. Not including uh, first lap incidences and, uh, like, uh, anytime some someone's DNF'd, Max hasn't been overtaken yet, but he's made 20 overtakes. Isn't that, that crazy? I mean, sort of. So... I guess if you avoid the he's first lap... He's not been lap, overtaken by any... If you avoid the first lap, yeah. He was overtaken by both Mercedes on the first lap in Australia. Um, and and not pit strategy. Yeah. But, like, on track, yeah. no one has overtaken him. Outside the starting procedures. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's not surprising. What you, do you think you're, that? you're not really going to overtake somebody who's got the best car. I mean, odds are the it's probably the same thing with Checo, honestly. Like, I don't think anyone's really overtaken Checo. 
He came yeah, back from he's Australia. Been a on track. Uh, outside of Max, I don't think he has. He has. When? I don't know by who, but I, I, uh, yeah, he, he, he got the first place in Saudi Arabia there in the second race, and he got P2 in the first race. Um, and he wasn't overtaken by Max because Max just started off in first and kept that. Uh, Saudi Arabia, he started off in first and ended off in first. Um, what was the third race this season? We were in Australia, where he started from P14, and he wasn't overtaken at all. He was just overtaking other people. And then fourth race of the season, we were at Baku, where... Oh, I guess he wasn't okay, overtaken. I, I don't know about... Yeah, he's been overtaken, though. Like, in fights and stuff. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I guess, yeah. That, I mean, Every it's, fight it's that not, Max gone into, he's won. It's not surprising. I mean, when you really have to think that far, even for Checo, in a Red Bull, it's not that surprising. Like, I think it's just you have the best car, and your car is just too good to lose in a fight. Okay. Okay, now what about... Okay, so F1, traditionally, very European sport. Yes. Right? Imola was supposed to be the first European race of the season. Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird that now, like, they're not starting in Europe, and Europe is just, like, a leg of the whole thing? Well, I think it's... It's not the majority. It's it's just a part of it. Yeah, if I had to put a finger on it, I mean, Europe still has the most races in the calendar out of any country, but... Or out of any continent, but, um... I think it's primarily just because if you start the season... Off, well, first off, you it's dependent on track, first off. Like, you can't start the year at Imola or something like that because, quite frankly, it just wouldn't be an exciting way to start the year. I think Bahrain is a perfect start to the year. Super exciting track. Uh, the team's got a lot of experimenting time with them. You get to see new cars and all that jazz. Um, and then Australia, of course, has always held a close place to the start. Uh, it used to be the start. Uh, I think in 2020 it was the first one just because uh, COVID... And then Saudi Arabia, yeah. another really exciting race. Just have it's your second race. I wouldn't even mind if that was the first one, honestly. But I think it's more to attract uh, other crowds because I think, um, yeah. especially America, like if you look at those ones, Miami comes For before sure. any of the European tracks, and it's like you get so many fans out there, albeit it's a wildly expensive race. Well, now that I mean, got to spread out the U.S. The races apparently yeah uh because now they're um but yeah so i mean f1 is just changing so much uh it's it's pretty crazy that it takes i don't know how many races five races to get even into europe yeah a little six if you count if you're counting where mla starts but yeah it is the sixth race in the calendar yeah. and it is I'm glad it's not a. I'm glad it wasn't a sprint, just because. First off, I didn't want to lose a sprint this year. I actually like all the places that the sprint's happening at. I think Baku was a great place to start off with it. Um, last year's MLS sprint was pretty boring, so not really much of note there. And I think most people will probably have the scars of watching Max get 37 points from the MLS weekend. Uh, so yeah. probably not the best place to have I, a sprint. I'm still split on if I like sprints or not. I like them, and I think. For situations like what happened at Imola, where we lose a race, it's great to have, like, um, Yaka was actually saying, like, you know, they should have a contingency race in the event that you aren't going to have one. But there's two problems I see with that. One, having a race be like, hey, we like your track, 
just not enough to have it as a starting lineup track. Like, you're solid backup material. And also, the yeah. amount of time that it takes to set up a track. Like, these be, like a lot For of these sure. things, like, you don't just go to them on the Friday and you're set up. You they, like, they get these things set up, like, weeks ahead of time. And so I don't think having a contingency mm-hmm. one would work very well. Um, but I think the sprints kind of make it Honestly, it's, it's not needed when there's this many races yeah. in the season. If one gets canceled, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, kind of skipping over Monaco just because it's not really a fun talking point because it's not a fun race to watch. Um, it's a spectacle just like Miami. Yeah. Um, well, Miami actually has overtaken. It's classier. <laughs> it's classier than than Miami. Well, Miami is uh, apparently just as expensive now. It is insane how expensive yeah, so Miami is. In my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So wait, what did you think of the driver introductions? Um in it Miami. Was definitely American, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I don't think European countries do it like that. Oh, but, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it was kinda cool. Uh it just wish that the race was as exciting. Uh, I think, like I said, qualifying so far has been the most exciting part of almost every weekend, save for Baku. Bahrain, obviously, I'm going to say is a good one just because, like, Williams got a point. But um, I think Bahrain's kind of not representative of where the teams are uh, on other tracks, solely for the fact that they get hours and hours and hours of testing time for on that same track. And so it's like, okay, well, rather than saying you have three practice sessions, you've actually had the equivalent of, like, four or five, maybe six practice sessions to get ready. So if you're not ready for the race by then, then something's wrong there. Yeah. Um, our hometown hero, Logan Sargent, mm-hmm. had, a, had a bad race in Miami. Yes. Um, I've seen things uh, say Toto might be pushing for Mick to get the Williams spot. Um, and uh, kick Logan out. So, what do you think of that? Do you think James Vowles might be open to that? So, actually, I've been looking at a few things about this because a lot of people, I mean, Jakob included, are not the largest fans of Logan Sargent, and I'm not sure it's because of the fact that he's uh, American or anything. It's just he's not showing his pace yet, and I'm like, okay, nobody shows their face, their pace in the first race, especially not now where F2 races like. A lot of the tracks that we've been to so far have been tracks that he's seeing for the first time. No rookie, especially in a Williams, is going to do spectacular in tracks they've never seen before. Like, even if he is from Florida, he's never seen that track before. He's never been to the Australian circuit before. Saudi Arabia, he did race at that one. Um, Bahrain, they do race at. And what was the other one? Baku, they don't. Um, Or I don't think he did. But it's like a lot of these tracks are ones that they don't really get used to. Whereas once you get gets yeah. tracks that he's probably more known about or like or knowing of, I feel like he's probably gonna do better. I'm really excited to see how he does it in tracks like Silverstone and Austria, where all the races are exciting, not just the F1 races, but the F2, FW, and Formula. Like any races that are held in Austria are always fun because there's so much overtaking that goes on. Yeah. Uh, do you know if W Series is continuing? Uh, I believe they are. Yeah, they found replacements for a lot of their the drivers that went over to the academy. Plus, I mean, the academy did okay. take a lot of their drivers, but um, mm-hmm. I'll have to double check that. Don't quote me on that. Okay. 
Um, yeah. Also, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Logan, uh, Logan Sargent did a GQ interview of like the things he must have, mm-hmm. like when he travels and stuff. It's pretty cringeworthy. You should, you should watch it. <laughs> um, Dude, he like literally says he like takes this, yeah. like this is his signature pose. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it that's like the that's the Rio de Janeiro thing. Like, that's, I don't know. That's the pose he did when he won his race at Silverstone in F uh, two. So, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of like the spreading eagles. Um, yeah. But so okay, I was looking, and obviously, I think or not obviously, I think a lot of people like now that we're seeing how fast these cars are getting compared to last year. Like we're almost two and a half seconds faster than we were last year, uh, and that's like representative across the board. Uh, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it's called. I think it's F1 Fanatic or something like that, where they draw the racing lines of cars and show them like how laps are done. Um, and yeah. the um, give me one second. The way that they show it is one of the coolest. This things video. Ever. And they show the difference between the the speed of the 2018, 2019, 2020 cars versus the speed of like. Max Verstappen's car or Charles Leclerc or whatever now, like they showed um, <laughs> Lewis's 2018 Singapore qualifying lap versus uh, Charles' 2072 qualifying lap, and it's like those cars were so fast. And maybe it's because they're pulling like the fastest people from it. But um, when you see the fact that like these people are holding almost the uh, almost identical racing lines the entire way through, you can see where they're gaining like a few hundredths at a time but then there's other times like these the the old cars were also super fast in a straight line probably because they're a bit more narrow and didn't have as much to carry but like they're really fast in a straight line and it was like it's kind of cool to see um i would highly recommend going to see some of their videos if you haven't yet uh f1 fanatics i don't want to say it is i'll give you a much more definitive name on it afterwards but um yeah super super fun to watch yeah. i highly recommend just because it's, you get to see how fast the old cars were i think we lose like concept yeah. of how how like when one's so much faster than the other one because the cars are just really fast all the time but uh yeah and yeah, so for sure. watching that's super fun okay another rumor that i heard was that um, Alpine wanted Mattia Bonato. Yes. So, do you think they're unhappy with Otmar, or like what's going on with that? Because that's some interesting, juicy mm. bits. Um. So, I think one of the things that they're kind of frustrated about is the fact that um, they brought their upgrade at a really poor time. Baku being the first sprint happened to also be the time when they brought their upgrade package. Um, same as McLaren, I think, and it didn't like they didn't get to see much of it. Uh, Pierre had problems during practice. They had pro- problems during qualifying and during the race. I didn't get to see much out of it, uh, and the drivers clearly weren't comfortable with the car. Um, Australia, they crashed into each other, and Miami just wasn't a good showing for either of them. So I think the frustration is coming from the top. Uh, I think. His name is Laurent Rossi. That's the, that's the owner of Alpine. Um, but he's, uh, I think he released a public statement saying, you know, it's not enough from his team and whatnot. And Otmar Schaffnauer uh, kind of rebuttaled, like, you know, there's no pressure on him apparently that he's feeling. But uh, I could see them trying to get Mattia Bonato 
maybe in a, a more technical capacity rather than as a team principal. I don't think he wants to go back to being mm-hmm. a team principal right now. But another side to that coin is that uh, Mattia is still technically getting paid by Ferrari this year, and so in the same way that he can't uh, work, no. yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't nothing that would materialize this year, but I can see you know maybe some slight shuffling at Alpine at the end of the year if they can't get their situation together. That being said, I have a feeling that they'll they'll get it together. I feel like they're still probably the fifth best team in the grid, so. Okay. One more random random topic. Uh, uh Scotty James, the uh, Red Bull snowboarder, mm. best friends with Danny Rick. Um, he just got married to Lance Stroll's sister. That's kinda funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's super funny, right? Yeah. Um Yeah, so they were all at at a wedding last weekend, um, hanging out, having fun. I just thought that was super bizarre that, mm. um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, it's just funny. Yeah. Um, also, the name of that channel was Formula Addict. It's all, t- like, the oh, videos okay. are, like, two minutes or less. They're basically TikToks, but they put them on YouTube. Um, okay. But, yeah, it, it's super cool. They show you the race line and whatnot. Uh, I think that Monaco is kind of, like, a skimming point, like, uh, there's not much to talk about there. It's like, okay, the two things you look out for are who actually got an overtake done <laughs> and mm. who crashed. Because <laughs> there's nothing really... Yeah. Every overtake at Monaco I wanna see is some. Spectacle. I want to see some liveries, okay? Let's give me. Let's get us some special edition liveries. For Monaco? Uh, Nobody ever does that. Golf with McLaren? I guess, yeah, but like, I don't know. It, it's just not something you see very frequently. I don't know, man. I just I I I want to go to a Monaco race just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something I would enjoy personally, just because like I, I if if oh, I was somewhere, God. I'd have to. See you would enjoy it. I'd have to go somewhere where like there's a lot of. The right, going to happen. a race is about having fun, less about actually watching the race. I don't know. <laughs> I personally <laughs> like actually watching. Um, well, of course, but you're not going to get the full picture of it. Yeah, of course. It's not the same as watching on TV. I, I'd probably assume that much, but um, I, I guess a primary one would be like if I was in Silverstone last year during that overtaking fight between Lewis Charles and uh, Checo after the safety car. You, you would just wish you were in the, the right spot. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'd, I'd have to go to a race where... Like, I was at a corner where there would be a lot of overtaking, and at Monaco, there's no corner that has a lot of overtaking, so... Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, that being said, Spain's after Monaco. That I'm excited for. Like, that'd be a Grand Prix I'd love to watch. Uh, one of the longest uh, right-handers on the uh, calendar that's at full tilt. Um, and I, th- I think all the drivers like the track. It's such a good track. Um, what are your thoughts Hopefully, on... Hopefully, uh, for Fernando, there will be no pain in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. And Carlos. I don't think... It, uh, Carlos. Yeah. I don't think he'll be able to... Sense. I don't think that Fernando's going to win in Spain, per se, just because <laughs> I don't think they're ready for that. But um, one team I'm kind of excited to watch in Spain is McLaren. Not for any purpose, because, like, they're not... 
bringing any upgrades to spin as far as I'm aware. But ah, I feel like that's a track that. McLaren. I feel like that track Ooh. and Monza are ones that Lando's, in my opinion, I think he's pretty good at. And so I, I am excited to see them in that. I'm also, I just want to see the rookies do better. Um, Logan Sargent, I don't think many people are expecting much out of him anyways, just because he didn't have the best junior They're career. They're all at the back. Yeah, I don't think they're so expecting sad. much out of Logan anyways, because he didn't have the best junior career, and he's with Williams. So, not a good junior career, with the worst team on the grid. Uh, well, almost. I'd, I'd say Alfa Romeo's probably not as good right now, but... Um, and then, Nick Div I, like So, Logan Sargent is kind of where we expected, not doing great. Um, Oscar Piastri, I expected him honestly doing worse than this at this point, but whichever. Uh, and I'm still hoping that, but for your sake, I won't. Uh, I think still to this point, the most under underwhelming driver has been Nick DeVries, and probably right ahead of him has been Valtteri Bottas. Yeah. The cars just suck. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on yeah. with Mayo, but it's tough. Uh, gonna need to get back into that because we have talked that to death and there are no answers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like as we've talked about before as well, that you know Yuki's not doing too bad, uh, but but Nick definitely is. So yep. Nick and driver Logan diff. still the only two drivers to not score a point so not far. That's kind of wild to think about because even Joe has scored a point so far. <laughs> hey. Don't be hating on Joe. I'm not okay? hating on him. It's just like I feel like last year Joe was a rookie and like he had points. I think his first points came in Canada. Uh, <laughs> no, he got his first point at the start of the year. Actually, I take it back. He scored a point in Bahrain really? last year. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it, this year's rookies aren't good enough yet. I don't know yeah. what it's gonna take for them to get they're better. Not, not. I think the reason that. So, after thinking about it, like, we talked about why Logan was struggling, because obviously he's had a bunch of tracks he's never been to or doesn't know very well. I think the reason that yeah. Nick DeVries has so much disappointment from everybody is because of how much time he spent on the Formula scene. He spent three years in Formula 3, another uh, two in Formula 2, spent another yeah. two in Formula E, he did two years in both Formula Renault. Yeah. He won all of Scored those. Scored points in Williams. Yeah. So, like, Which... he should be doing better than this. And yes. it, it's like, it, it, yeah. And you can't even say it's not okay. for having driving, that, that type of driving experience. Question. Yeah. Do you think Nick DeVries would have done better in the Williams? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Like, honestly. you know, we talked about, like, off Yeah, yeah. He's, he's driven it Yeah, before. you think so? I think because he's driven it, because uh, I think to Jakob's point for... I think he's used to a Mercedes engine. I think he's used to the way that the Williams already drives, given the fact that he's driven the Williams quite a few times. So, and the AlphaTauri yeah. is not fantastic. So, I mean, I still think it's better than the Williams, especially given Yuki's performances, but uh, that could also just be down to driver. I still think Albon's better yeah. than Yuki, but they both scored a point each. So, and I think that's the only I point mean, for the teams. Look at, like, Daniel Ricciardo's career. Like, yeah. He went to places where he thought he could drive better, but, like, the car just didn't fit his driving style, like, yeah. when it came to, like, the McLaren. Mm -hmm. So, like, even if the car was, like, good, if you're used to a certain way of driving, it, it won't work for you. Yeah. Like, it obviously worked 
well for Lando in some situations, because um, well, like, it fits Lando. Yeah, I think that's the difference between an older and a younger driver is that uh, Nick DeVries probably has an established driving style, and AlphaTauri is not mm-hmm, making it, even, sure. even if it's from different driving series. But um, like the two young drivers don't actually have an established style of driving. I don't think Lando did either, and that's why Lando's so okay with the McLaren the way it is because mm-hmm. it's like, you know. I don't have an established way of driving. I just use the car that's given to me. Whereas Daniel Ricardo yeah. and Nick DeVries are both like, you know, I like a car with a strong front end. Or Nick DeVries is probably like coming from Formula E. Like, I want a car that can turn better. <laughs> and then you go into mm-hmm. an Alphatari and like, yeah. it's like these cars don't turn like Formula E cars. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of Formula E, uh, just a quick sidestep. Uh, it's heating up at the front. I think at the start of the year, a lot of people, including myself, were thinking that it was going to be a battle of Jake You, Dennis. you were like, it's going to be Jake so Dennis. easy. Well, no, a lot of people like, were like, it's going to be Pascal Verlein. I didn't say that. First off, I thought it was going to be a battle of... Uh, anyways, I thought it was going to be a battle of like, Pascal Verlein versus Jake Dennis, and now those two aren't even in the... Like, I think they've both moved down a spot, and... Um, another English driver is taking over, and then uh, Mitch Evans has finally pushed himself back up the grid, which is nice to see, because he was, I think, the runner-up during the year that Stoffel Van Doren won, and so mm. I, it's kind of exciting to see the whole grid heat up. Uh, I think this is kind of how... I wish Formula 1 was more like this, where this year is a new regulation period for Formula E, like new cars, new looks, the whole thing, and... Um, like it's super close battles. I don't think you see anyone winning more than two races in a row right now. And I wish Formula One was kind of like that last year, where it's like, yeah, it was like that during the first few races. But I wish it would kind of hold that consistency of the like anonymous who's gonna win this type of race. But at some point, it's just like, who's gonna have the opportunity to take third place after Checo Max? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, question. Pertaining- I'm still holding out hope. Yeah. for Checo to win the championship. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're still only two race wins apart, so nothing insane. Have, have you checked our, our, our uh, fantasy? I haven't. I have not. I can pull it up real quick. Um, but I do have a question. So one of the big mm-hmm. things that we've been kind of focusing on is um, the Mercedes upgrade. I think everybody's waiting for the Mercedes upgrade to see how they do. Are you expecting the Mercedes car to look like have different side pods? I don't think so. I think they're going to go with a different floor. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Different floor design, but they have tried. I feel like I would have heard about that by now. Can you repeat that one more time? Yes. Can you repeat it one more time? Because I think your Wi-Fi... Sure. I feel like they... Can you hear me? Yeah. So they've been really sticking to the the no no pods, right? Mm. Um, So I feel like we would have heard about it if they made, like, substantial changes. So I just, I don't think they're going to do that. They've been very adamant that they're not going to do that. But this could also be in, in their ear saying, like, you know, it's not working. We should try something different. 
That's true. I don't know. But also, uh, like, we are talking about the king of the sandbag, right? Like, if anyone's known to yeah. hide their performance and hide what they're capable of, it's probably Mercedes. So I don't think it'd be beyond the shadow of a doubt yeah. that they would bring in, like, I think they said they're bringing in a new side pod, but I'm not sure if it's a changing concept or just a oh, okay. kind of change in the current model. Um, but I think... I just, you, I just want performance, man. Yeah. Would you think it was funny if they had similar side pods to Red Bull and actually put a bull on top of it? I would love that. I think that would be <laughs> super funny. I don't even care. I don't even care if they put a whole... There's, if they ended up being like, we'll free sponsor Red Bull. Like, whatever. <laughs> put a Red Bull sticker on the side of the car. I don't care. Anything to get closer to like actually challenging for wins, please. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Like what? Like what are people supposed to do? Yeah. This happens. Like a team gets it right, and then eventually all the teams converge on like what they see is like the fastest way to get their car to. Make. People yep. did it to Mercedes, and I, uh, I hate that it's Red Bull that got it right, but they really did get it right. Yes, so. they did. <laughs> um. What was I going to say? Oh, so Red Bull have won all the races so far this year. Uh, I'm kind of... Don't remind me. I mean, it's just it's blatantly out there. There's five races, five wins. It's can't hope for more for them, but... Uh, well, maybe Checo getting P2 in Australia, yeah. but hard track to overtake on, so... Um, so, out of curiosity, which team do you think is going to be the first one to take a race off Red Bull, if any? I want to hope Mercedes does with the upgrade. Martin is the most likely candidate, even though they're like, they don't even really show any challenge. So it's so hard to say. Yeah. It it will have to be a fluke. Like something happens where Max is incapacitated, he can't compete, <laughs> and that's why <laughs> someone else gets a race down. win. <laughs> yeah. So something like that has to happen. Um, it's not going to be like someone out- outperforms them. Mm-hmm on pace um race pace so yeah i don't know you never know i am hoping that these this this wind tunnel penalty actually kicks in and has some effect but i'm not well coming during the second half of the year i don't don't really know if that's gonna happen yeah it comes in (laughs) the second half of the year and by that point they'll already have started developing their 2024 car but it kind of segued nicely into my next question uh do you think red bull will still be as dominant as they currently are the second half of the season knowing that they have that uh, development progress stunted severely. Uh, yes. I mean, their race pace is like, and no one's even coming close. Like, okay, second half of the season, maybe some other teams will get like a pole or something like Ferrari or something like that. Hmm. Uh, that's fine. I can see that happening. But then, then again, like all these teams with their re- reliability. Um, at the beginning of the year issues, like they're going to be racked with penalties yeah. in the second half, like crazy. So it's like Red Bull is going to still look dominant, even mm-hmm. if they're suffering from a penalty. I don't think they're going to be that far behind all the other teams with how they're suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you think? Like it kind of like balances out. Yeah, I think a lot of I I forgot already that Charles is on his second gearbox and Dude, on his second control electronics close to having these 
he's definitely going to be in the back of the grid for like multiple races towards yes. the end of the season. Yes. Um, I'm kind of curious. Ah. So, mm -hmm. who do you think, based on the current way that things are going, is going to end out getting last place in the constructors this year? Oh, <laughs> last place. Yes. Um. Honestly, I would say Nick DeVries, the way things are going. No, sorry, I but said I constructors, like not drivers. Oh. Okay, well, AlphaTauri has Yuki to pull them up. Um, Williams, Haas, Haas is doing okay. Honestly, I would offer Mayo. They literally haven't done well in the second half of any season. Oh. Um, and they're not doing well in the first half, so I don't know what their problem is. Yeah. Um, it's either Alfa Romeo or Williams. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Ouch. Uh, it's fine. So. Ouch. What do you think? <laughs> I, I was gonna say Alfa Tauri. I I think Yuki's gonna pull his weight, but I don't think Nick is gonna be able to. Ah, <clears throat> uh, I mean, he, he's so close to getting those like one-off points. I don't know. No. What, no, he's how not. How many points do? What do you mean, Nick? No, Yuki. Oh yeah, Yuki is. Nick's not even close. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, Williams only has Alex Sherlyon. Yes. Yuki is for Alfa Romeo. Alfa Tari. I mean, at this point, yeah, Alfa Tari. And then at this point, it's Joe that's working hard for Alfa Romeo. Okay. Alfa <laughs> yeah, like having issues left and right. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, I think those are your three, your bottom three teams. I think of those three right now, I think Alex is Thank the best God, team. McLaren got got out of there. That's <laughs> true. Honestly, oh. they were looking like they were worse than Williams yeah. for a couple races. Then. Well, worse than everybody. Um, question. Yeah. So, so, Delji Bodas talked to some people, I forget who it was, but he said yeah, he has, he like, cash. he wants, uh, he's planning on staying in the sport for many, many more years. Uh, I want to see him go back to a top team. Why uh, can't he go to like Aston Martin? Why? Kick Lance out and put him in. <laughs> you know you can't. <laughs> if you kick Honestly, Lance out, he, Lawrence leaving as him well. And Lewis, that was such a great duo. He is an awesome teammate to anyone. You're like, just put him in with your, make him your second driver. He won't like it, but he knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. I think he's also relaxed quite a bit since he went to La Romeo. Like, he doesn't seem as high-strung as he was at the Mercedes. Definitely not. Um, um, yeah. Honestly, he has it in him to win a world championship if he, gets, if he has a chance. I don't think anymore, no. I think previously, yes, but not anymore. I think his best chance to win I have become a Valtteri Botas fan of course. after he left Mercedes. Yeah. I think everyone has. It's just, it's it's the same thing that happened with like Seb after he left uh, Red Bull. Like you see somebody with a dominant you see somebody with a dominant team for so long, and and then like you kind of start to develop like a not a hate but like kind of like a resentment toward the fact that they're so good with a dominant team, and then they go to yeah. like a poor team, and they like struggle, and you can see how good they actually are, but you can also see them like yeah, exactly. Uh, and like with Seb, he went from being probably one of the most disliked figures in the grid to probably one of the most favorite people to ever leave the grid. Oh, and I feel yeah, like Valtteri's sure. probably gonna be, end up being the same 
but I think his best chances to win a world championship were from 2017 to 2021 if he had not if it weren't for the fact that they established him as a second driver immediately I think he probably that was probably his best chance the way they treated him awful so bad like Fernando Alonso showed us clearly what it's like to like be like no I'm not taking that yeah I would like to see him back at Williams. What do we think about that? <laughs> um, that's hard. James Fallis has already voiced his opinion on Logan Sargent and whatnot. He said he's planning on keeping him for the long term. So, quite frankly, I don't think anyone's going. Well, what, what about Alex? Where does Alex he, go? He, he loves Alex. He, Everybody at Williams loves Alex because everyone loves Alex. But yeah. is Alex like, like happy being? I mean, I think he's happier there than he was at Red Bull. Maybe, yeah, he wasn't sure, a better like, car Red Bull, he but he's to also... He needs a midfield team. I feel like he's developing Williams into a midfield team. I don't... I mean, see, that's the thing. I don't understand where people's, like, distaste or uh, a misunderstanding comes from when it comes to how good Williams are, actually. They do have mistakes up and down, but, like... Uh, I don't see McLaren qualifying P6 in Australia, or I don't see um, any of Okay, well, McLaren had a problem in the beginning of the season. No, this is Australia. Don't talk about it. Okay. They scored points there. The only problem, the only reason they scored points is because triple restart and probably like one of the most worst, worst executed races ever. But I think... We don't talk about I think okay. Alex Albon shows that the Williams can be one of the better midfield teams. And I think, it like... can be. Yes. But it's not. I think their car is better than a lot of other people's, honestly. And that might be a little bit biased just because I am a Williams fan, but also, like, we have a driver who's showing that, like, oh, uh, yeah. over one lap... Are you a Williams fan? No. Um, I think we've shown that over one lap and in certain areas we are much better than other people. Like, I... Still, obviously, we capitalize on straight line speed because, quite frankly, it's the easiest place that we can exploit. Um, but I think as we start to bring in more and more upgrades with the very limited budget we have, I think it'll start. We'll start eking out a bit more pace from the car, and I think as Logan Sargent starts to get a bit more time with the car and a bit more time with the team. I think it's so funny how you like <laughs> you like <laughs> you identify with the team. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> start. Like, for them. <laughs> I love looking at everything. Uh, okay, the thing is, underdog teams are so cool because you actually get to see them build from the ground up. Whereas, I think this is the reason I hate watching Mercedes because they kind of just started off good and never weren't. What do you mean? They started off as brawn. It was a huge risk, though, for Lewis to move to Mercedes. Eh. His first year, he did not win. Of course not, no. But I don't. Yeah. The thing is, like, I'm not talking about Lewis. I, I honestly couldn't care less about Lewis, Lewis's move. I'm talking about Mercedes as an organization. They weren't ever at the back. They've never been even in the bottom five. Do you want to know what Mercedes is? Uh... Sorry, I said that again without the interference. Mercedes, you know what? You do know what their tagline is? No. The best or nothing. Yeah, so they definitely weren't the best at one point. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
kind of nice to not see them be the best, honestly, because I, I watching Mercedes struggle down in third place has probably been one of the highlights of my season. Oh my god. Yep. And that's not even because I like Red Bull like that. It's just I like watching the Mercedes team struggle. When Dude, Giants fall and like the worst people start coming from. up, it's a nice thing to watch. <laughs> who, who are the worst people that are coming up? Uh, Aston Martin. Okay, well, as we've said before, it's going to come out that they did something sketchy to get the car where it is. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. It's nice to see, though. Anyway, uh, can, we, can we wrap it up, or do you have more to talk about? Uh, no, I'm good. Missed this random episode. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been entirely random. Uh, off the topic of F1 real quick, we are probably going to try being a bit more consistent with, like, coming out with these as the weekends go on. Uh, we just had a very mixed up uh, schedule with everybody, given that like I said, Claire was graduating. I had a graduation party. Uh, the guy, the two guys have also been pretty busy. So, um, but next weekend we have Monaco. Monaco. Uh, hopefully there will be some. I'm just excited for a race. Yes, just everyone coming back. I mean, we had a four week break from Australia to Baku, <laughs> and yeah. I really don't want another four week break ever again, dude. Uh-huh. Oh, the su- like yeah. waiting over the winter was hard enough. Not a not a whole month again, please. Um, but until uh, next time. everyone in. Uh, Say it again. I got in- interference. Did you hear what I said? No. Ah, just a, thoughts and prayers to everybody out in Italy. Yeah. The flooding. Hope everyone stays safe and it gets cleaned up. And I want to see us race at Imola. Yep. But. Until next time, uh, that's all we have for you. Let's lights out, and away we go.